Hi, and welcome to episode three of the Connext podcast. I'm Lacey Trayball, and I'm here today with Nahir Patel, and we're going to be speaking with Dr. Edwin DeYoung, the VP of Sales at RTI. Edwin brings with him more than 20 years of experience in the software industry. He is one of the pioneers in the development of large-scale, real-time, publish-subscribe middleware that is now revolutionizing the industrial internet of things. Now, Edwin is spearheading the incredible business growth that we're seeing here at RTI. In today's podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics. We'll be touching on what social media and DDS have in common, and why a point solution isn't the right thing for the IIoT. We'll also be talking about autonomous cars, vehicle-to-vehicle communications, sensor systems, and how the evolution of these systems into larger, smarter systems of systems with ad hoc peer-to-peer networks is kind of the next thing. We'll wrap up today's interview with a discussion about Edwin's transition from PhD student to CEO to product director and then to the VP of sales. It's quite the conversation. We hope you enjoy this episode. Edwin, thanks for joining us today. Sure, you're welcome. Let's start out with uh, something simple. What is DDS? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) So the way I've been explaining DDS uh, uh, recently is basically it's social media for uh, for machines. Uh, So using DDS, you uh, build basically a society of machines, uh, devices, and whole systems that work together uh, to achieve a common purpose. Uh, so we as people, right, we, we use social media all the time. Uh, you can use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all the others. Uh, you can share with your friends and your, your followers where you are, what you're doing, what you're up to. Uh, you can say, hey, you know, I'm here at Starbucks having a great time. Uh, anybody care to join me? Your friends, you know, can, can, can like that, say something, something about it. Uh, or they can actually say, hey, you know, I, I would like to join you. So through social media, it's more than just you know, sharing your status and what you're doing, you can actually also uh, coordinate activities with, uh, with your friends. Um, so our software enables something similar, but for machines. Uh, so devices, machines, and systems, they can post their status. Uh, they can invite others to participate in a coordinated uh, activity. Now, the difference with social media for people like you and me is that for machines, these interactions happen at the speed of physics, which is very, very different. So maybe let let me give you an example. So our our software is being used, for example, in a uh, a robotic system for heart surgery. And the system actually performs surgery on a beating heart. Quite impressive when you think about it. That's insane. Right, because (laughs) because today, you know, when a surgeon performs heart surgery, they need to stop your heart from beating first, uh, because performing the procedure on a beating heart will be quite, quite dangerous. And uh, so they stop the heart from beating, they put you on life support, and then they perform the procedure. And uh, that is very invasive and still quite risky as well. So with, with this system, and it's of course still in early stages of, of development, but with, with this system, you can perform the surgery on a beating heart. And the way it works is the surgeon uses a display that shows the patient's heart as a static surface, right? So they use image processing to display a, a static surface. And then the surgeon uses haptic feedback controls to perform the surgery. So as they make the incision, they, they actually feel the resistance build up in the, in the controls. Yeah, with yeah. joystick-like controls. So for the surgeon, it's pretty close to you know, what, how they do this today, except they're not manipulating the instruments directly. 
Uh, and then these, these haptic feedback controls, they actually control a robotic system consisting of three robot arms. And those arms perform the actual surgery on the beating heart and of course compensating for the beating of the heart in real time, right? So the instruments keep a constant distance uh, from the surface of the heart. They, they make an incision, so they move closer. And of course, this is a closed feedback control loop because the, the heart, it's, it's not beating at a constant rate. It changes slightly, so you need to sense that, that very closely how, how you need to position the robot arms and, and everything. So to do that, we run a 3 kilohertz uh, real-time feedback loop between the, the haptic feedback controls and the, and the robot arms. Uh, so that's 3,000 updates per second. And it's not just per second, because those updates need to be spaced very equally across that one second, right? It's not like you can send 3,000 updates in the first half second and then nothing in the second half. That would be disastrous. <laughs> so it needs to be very equally spaced. Um, so going back to social media for machines, now you can probably see how this works, right? It's like the haptic feedback controls, you know, the, the, the two of them, and the three robot arms are really three almost independent autonomous systems. They're sharing their state, you know, the, the controls basically, what, what their position is, where the robot arms need to move. The robot arms basically receive that information, they, they control their movement, they send status information back, is everything still operating, you know, in according to uh, how things should work, uh, so it's nothing going wrong, and they, they share all that information 3,000 times per second. Uh, and of course, an important difference there is, you know, social media like Facebook and, and Twitter, they can easily keep up with 3,000 updates per second aggregate across all users, actually, you know, orders of magnitude more than that. But you as a single user yeah. can't send 3,000 updates per second to Facebook or to Twitter. They would lock you out, right? That's like yeah. a denial of service or, attack. Or let alone yeah. you know, to, to every one of my friends, yeah, 3,000 seconds just... Yeah, you can't do that. And actually, you can't go through a server at all just because of the latency that that, that that would take. So the way that this is set up is all these components share the information peer-to-peer. Uh, -peer. So it's really like you have like in this case, you know, five and actually six if you also count the display uh, machines or devices uh, that, that are, you know, relatively speaking, autonomous and they're, they're coordinating their activities so to speak, through social media, and it's the social media that, uh, that our software provides. Uh, so that's one example. Now, to make things a little bit more interesting, uh, there's another example quite different. Um, so uh, NASA uh, is using our software to control uh, robots, like rovers that, that drive around on Earth uh, from the International Space Station. Uh, why would they want to do that? Well, really what they want to do why is not? control... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I know, Sign just because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really what they want to do is control uh, robots driving around on Mars from orbit, right? And this is an experimental uh, setup. Telerobotics. Setup. It's telerobotics, uh, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Uh, and especially the link, you know, communication link from the International Space Station down to the robots and back up is very challenging has a high latency, multiple seconds. So if you send something down, it takes multiple seconds for the robots to receive it. And, you know, same thing uh, when you go back up. Uh, it's, it's also a very challenging link in a sense that, that the bandwidth is limited. Uh, you have intermittent uh, connectivity. The link isn't always there. Uh, so very challenging environment. And uh, here they use DDS to basically s communicate between the International Space Station and uh, the, the robots on, on Mars, which can be uh, more than one. So again, you see as an example, 
know, the International Space Station is one participant, uh, the robots each are participants in the system, and through social media, so to speak, they, they share uh, where they are, what they're doing, uh, and they, they coordinate their, uh, their activities. Now, what's interesting here is that when you look under the hood, it's the same communication protocol being used as in the surgical robot. And when you think about it, that's quite impressive because keep in mind, you know, the surgical robot, 3,000 updates per second. Uh, the, the Mars rovers from International Space Station, a two-second latency link. Very, very different environment. And yet the same communication protocol is used uh, in those two very different uh, environments. And with DDS, this is possible because of the quality of service uh, tuning that, that you can do, in this case, on the reliability protocol. So I, I don't want to go into the details <laughs> of how that is done right now. That's maybe a conversation for another time. But just keep in mind that really this is the only uh, communication protocol you know, as part of DDS uh, that can be used in these two very different environments. Now, why is that even important, right? Because why not use just point solutions, very different point solutions in those different uh, environments? This is where the industrial internet comes in, because what we see is that those very different environments are now more and more being integrated into one system. Not that we're going to do uh, heart surgery from the International <laughs> Space Station down on Earth anytime maybe soon. Maybe we could. Maybe we could. The other way around, actually, yeah. might be a use case, yeah. right? If something bad happens in yeah. the Sp International Space Station, you can perform a medical procedure from Earth. But in everyday life, you know, it is very well possible that you have, let's say, a surgeon here at Stanford, a patient in Miami, and now I have the haptic feedback controls and my display here in Stanford, where the surgeon is. I have my surgical robot set up in Miami, and now I have to work across a very different type of you know, networking connectivity than when I have everything available in the same hospital, in the same room maybe even. Physically connected. Physically right? connected, yeah. exactly. So through quality of service tuning, you can make these different setups work. And that is what we're gonna see more and more driven by the industrial internet. Another example, right, is patient data. Uh, being transmitted from an ambulance as the patient is in transit. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, experienced yourself or maybe you've seen it in, in the movies when an ambulance arrives at the ER, it's a very chaotic scene, right? Who's the patient? What's the condition? What right. do we need to do? A and lot of information has to be passed back and forth. If in a very high-stress environment. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And then they need to prep maybe the, the OR or you know whatever needs to happen. Right. So in, in, in this case, uh, the, the ambulance transmits the patient data in real time so that when the ambulance arrives, they know who the patient is, what their condition is, what, what they need to do, the OR or whatever, you know, is already set up. So it's, it's uh, you know, a, a very different uh, uh, solution to that, uh, to that problem. And there you see that uh, it's maybe not a, you know, a, a space-to-earth link, but the ambulance, of course, is transmitting data over LTE. Uh, the data is being processed in the hospital where you have you know, your standard high-speed Wi-Fi or, uh, or Ethernet cables even. And, and basically, these, these different environments are now part of one and the same uh, system. And uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's the type of environment that uh, the DDS uh, provides. It's uh, social media for machines that basically runs across any type of, uh, of connectivity that you can imagine. So, so high latency, low latency environments, um, life critical to really cool scientific uh, type of work. Uh, 
all sorts of networks involved, all sorts of communication protocols involved, or I should say uh, communication mediums, whether it's right. LTE or Wi-Fi or uh, a satellite link or a link from the space station down to, uh, to a rover. So, yeah. so DDS is, is really used everywhere. To get data can be used where yep. you need to have Correct. it when it needs yep. to be there to yep. perform the various actions on the other end of that. Exactly right. Yeah. That's that's insane to, to, <laughs> to know that it's in so many things, and it, you know it's like just the just the, the medical example. I mean, you know the, the benefits to uh, the doctor performing the surgery, right? If you know getting the still heart, and you know to the patient Not having to put a person on bypass right. is huge. Right. That that's is huge. that's amazing. Yes. I mean, the the benefits there are, are the risk reduction huge. that that technology right. will bring into that surgical yeah. suite is sort of. I don't, I mean, that's unlike anything I think they've ever had. The idea no. that you no longer have to put a patient through that for, is for, crazy. For a heart surgery. Yeah. Right? Wow. Anything you can do to make that safer. Right. <laughs> we support. You did a great job explaining to us what DDS is. Yeah. And, you know, we're here at RTI, so it'd be great to know what does RTI do? We provide Connect DDS. Uh, which is basically the industry-leading uh, DDS implementation available from RTI. It's not just an implementation of the DDS standard. Uh, it's, it's really a whole tool suite for developing uh, DDS applications. Essentially, you can say it's the most complete uh, connectivity framework for industrial internet uh, applications. Uh, we already touched uh, on that briefly in our, our previous conversation. You know, it runs uh, across close to 100 different platforms uh, across high-speed networks, as well as Wi-Fi, radio, satellite links, and, and all of those in, in one system if you want. It comes with all the tools uh, that help you fine-tune the deployment of DDS applications to some of those specific networking environments. Uh, it also comes with a whole suite of infrastructure services, uh, for example, routing service, uh, bridges, DDS data between uh, different network domains, different networking technologies, uh, like between uh, an Ethernet network in a factory uh, and uh, LTE out to devices out there in the field. Uh, we already talked about the ambulance, for example, where you will basically have to bridge the patient data as it is transmitted in real time over LTE to basically Ethernet on, on, in, the, in the hospital network. So routing service uh, allows you to, to do that bridging uh, with zero programming, right? Just some configuration and it does it for you. Uh, it can also perform uh, transformations uh, or transformation of data on the fly. Maybe you don't want to send all the patient data. Some of it maybe remains in the ambulance. Uh, some of it you want to transmit to the hospital. So you can make those, uh, those transformations on the data if so you want. you might want anonymized? Right, for example, yeah, maybe you don't want to stick the patient's data or you know, whatever you're using on, on every uh, data item that, uh, that you send out. Uh, it includes persistent service uh, that, that maintains system-critical configuration data on disk, so if you need to reboot the system or parts of the system, you can do that. It also includes a record and replay uh, capability that helps you build uh, easily uh, things like, like simulation, training, uh, offline analysis uh, applications. Um, so in essence, I would say uh, RTI Connect is the most complete and also the most robust and proven uh, DDS implementation out there. Why do our customers come to RTI? I mean, it sounds like Connect itself is a really good uh, reason to come to RTI to, to solve their distributed system problems. Uh, maybe you could touch on... But DDS is an open standard, he also mentioned. So yeah. we have one implementation. Right. We have 
competitors out there who have other implementations. And yeah. why are they choosing, you know, RTI, RTI Connects DDS? Right. Over our, yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. Good, good question. I think the answer to that is actually simple. It's trust. Um, you know, DDS, like you said, DDS is a standard, but really it's a set of APIs and protocols, and, and that's it. And, and how these get implemented differs vastly across yeah. different DDS implementations. And our, our customers, they all know that, that choosing the right connectivity framework for your next generation system or product line is very important. It's going to be the critical backbone of your next generation uh, systems. Um, so customers choose to work with partners they know won't let them fail. Uh, and we at RTI, we have a proven track record here. Uh, we're used in well over a thousand uh, different system designs. Um, not only is our software proven in those, uh, those systems, system designs, uh, but we've also built a wealth of uh, systems architecture expertise uh, through that. We've been involved in nearly all of these you know, thousand uh, designs. So we can use the expertise that we gained throughout all that in helping our customers define the right systems architecture. And basically, we can help them avoid making design mistakes that otherwise will be very expensive and risky to fix later. And nobody else is in this position to help like we are. And we like helping. We have a great services team. And our support is actually like when we, our customers, their, you know, their systems are deployed, one of the common things I've seen thank you notes come back in relating to from our customers is for the amazing support they actually received during the process and all the help. And even the engineering teams, right, they get involved almost directly with customers, especially like these big projects, uh, you know, so it's, it's the entire company working together with our customers to, to make, make them, them successful. successful. Absolutely. Basically, we provide a connectivity framework, right? So usually our customers tend to try and connect things. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's oversimplifying things maybe quite a bit. Um, but what most, if not all, of our customers have in common is that they're uh, building systems that integrate sensors with processing and control nodes and actuators. So what, what we help solve there is a systems integration problem between sensors, processing nodes, control nodes, and, uh, and actuators. And what we see is that increasingly these systems have higher and higher levels of autonomy. Uh, you can think of a system really as a set of highly autonomous devices and, and other system components that coordinate their activities through uh, our social media software for machines, right, as we talked about uh, earlier. Uh, think about autonomous cars, for example, uh, who are going to change uh, the auto industry uh, forever. Uh, so when you think about the car itself, the autonomous car, right, there's, there's all kinds of sensors on there, like radar, LiDAR, uh, cameras, then we have the processing and control nodes uh, that, that collect all the data, perform data correlation, apply deep learning and all those things. Uh, and then in the end, you know, after uh, the, the car basically builds and maintains this, this real-time picture model of what's going on in the environment, it, it sends uh, control commands to the various actuators on the car, which are, of course, the, the, the steering system, braking system, acceleration, uh, all those things. Uh, so that's one example where our software is then being used to connect all those components on the car. And that's where it starts, on the car. But now, of course, we're also talking about connected car, where your car is now being connected to cloud-based services, right? So you get the connection from the car uh, to the cloud. 
the next step after that is vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle, uh, communication, V2V. Um, so right now, the, or it's not exactly right now, but in a few years, right, when we'll see more <laughs> autonomous cars out there soon, yeah, in a few years, um, what's going to happen is, is those cars have the sensors to detect uh, what other things in their environment, like other cars and, of course, pedestrians and bikers and everything are, are doing in the environment. They, they need to sense that. That's why you have all those, uh, those sensors. But why do that if the car in front of you can just tell you that it's going to apply the brake, right? So rather than sensing that, the car in front just tells you. So now you get this ad hoc network that is basically formed and maintained as cars drive on the, on the freeway or in the roads in the, in, in the city. And they communicate directly to tell what they're going to do and then others can respond to it. And of course, you get a much quicker and, uh, and also much, much better quality response to uh, uh, once you've set it up like that. Of course, that's you know, going to be a... It's like an iRobot, right? Yeah, the movie yeah. when they're driving through the tunnels and yeah. all the cars they communicate just, with each other yeah. so they can go really fast and... Fast, but you're reducing, yeah. reducing yeah. accidents reducing errors zero and accidents. accidents. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then from there, you go to connecting between the car and roadside systems, right? Why detect that the traffic light is red when a, the traffic light can just tell your car, hey, stop, mm -hmm. right? So we'll get direct communication between those. And then from there, you take all the data that you're gathering and basically move that uh, in real time to the smart city. And now the smart city can start to control the flow of traffic throughout, especially the busy areas in town, uh, you know, in an, in an optimized way. So you go from this simple systems architecture on the car where we connect the components there to basically a whole global network uh, that spans entire cities to optimize uh, the flow of, uh, of control. And it's, it's these types of basically long-term connectivity roadmaps, right? Because this is not something that's going to get created uh, overnight. It's, it's a whole connectivity roadmap that we help our, our customers solve. And this is just an example of that, but a very typical one where it's not just connectivity in, in, in one system, it, it basically spreads and then it gets bigger and bigger until you talk about uh, global connectivity and then all the optimizations uh, you can do uh, with, with all the data that you collect and, and, and also basically create a much safer environment at the same time. The autonomous vehicle uh, story is near and dear to me because we also have a product for safety and with vehicles and autonomous vehicles, ADAS, all those uh, components, safety is really critical. Connects We're talking DDS about lives. Cert. So yes, we have Connects DDS Cert, which is a safety certified product that we can leverage in these safety critical applications. And of course, you throw in security to prevent against uh, any kind of hacking for those autonomous vehicles. Now you have this great set of products and, and frameworks to build out your connected vehicle story and protect it and protect the people around it. And also to future-proof your system, which is kind of to the point that you made that, you know, starting at the car is the step one of this, mm -hmm. you know, this map for them. Right. But as they go forward, the need to be able to really scale right. it out, we have the products to yes. actually accommodate the scaling out so, of a system yeah. like that. A absolutely true, yeah, because that's one of the advantages that you have with, with DDS and, and particularly our uh, implementation is that you don't need to think up front, you know, what data you want to share, what information you want to share, and who you're going to share it with. It's really like with social media, right? Those connections can change over time and what information is there you can share with, with anyone, anywhere. Of course, you know, 
subject to uh, security policies or right. that in place as <laughs> well. Uh, but you have the flexibility to let that data flow uh, the way that uh, that you want, you know, at certain points in time as, as the system evolves. Yeah, I remember when I was a customer before I came to work here, one of the things that a mentor told me was that when you design a system, you have to design it knowing like it's like the one truth, like this system will change and evolve. It's a dynamic thing, right? Yeah. And so the best thing you can do as a system engineer was to approach it with that in mind and say like, how do I build the ability to accommodate change into my system and do it gracefully, right? So that you're not breaking things and having to rebuild and recompile code even. It's just, it's built to accommodate change. And when I was there, this was right before we became a customer, that was why we chose Connect CDS was because it enabled that. It let us build systems that could gracefully accommodate change and change was inevitable, so. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can switch gears a little bit. Uh, one thing we kept from our audience is that you were at one time a customer. In a previous life. In a previous life. Um, so it would be great to hear about your experience as a customer. And You went from being a customer to working in products and markets, and now you are the VP of sales. Right. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, exactly. All this is part of that uh, that story, sort of my life story. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I can say it's definitely been an interesting journey. Uh, it, it never was in my plans to be a VP of sales one day. I can no. I can honestly when you were say your that. PhD, that no, <laughs> not really. Uh, you know, I I was a I still am, I guess, a computer scientist originally. Uh, with a particular interest in, in distributed systems architecture, uh, my PhD thesis was on, on, on parallel and distributed programming. Uh, my research has always been focused on what we call today data-centric architecture. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I've basically been working on DDS uh, years before it became DDS as a, as a standard. Uh, I actually ran into RTI for the first time at the OMG, the Object Management Group, uh, and together we worked on the first draft of the DDS standard. Around that same time, uh, uh, you already mentioned I was uh, a customer previously. Uh, so around that same time, I actually started my own company in, in the Netherlands. Uh, that's where I'm from. That explains the accent. <laughs> um, and we provided a technology very much related to what is now DDS. Back then, what, uh, what my company did was create an integration between RTIs and DDS at the time, which was more of a messaging middleware. It didn't have all the data-centric features yet. Uh, and we integrated that with a relational in-memory database. And through that, that integration, uh, we, we actually drove many of the concepts that are now part of the, of the DDS standard. Um, so yeah, I, I was a customer of RTI in, in the early days, you know, exactly around the time when we started working on, uh, on the DDS uh, standard. And, uh, and then, by the way, uh, the, the company that, that we started in, uh, back in the Netherlands uh, got acquired by, uh, by RTI. So that's how I ended up at, uh, at RTI. Uh, at the time of that acquisition, uh, you know, I, I started actually in, uh, in our R&D uh, team at, uh, at RTI. And then I think it was after a couple of years moved into uh, product management, uh, product marketing, uh, which I did for five years. And, and now I'm in sales. And uh, you know, when I, I think about it, really it doesn't matter much where I am. What I really like to do is, uh, is evangelizing uh, the DDS concepts, the architectural thinking behind it. That, that really is the fun part of, of the job. 
I feel. And you can really tell because you know, when you're presenting to a group of smart engineers, uh, you know, there's no quicker way to put them to sleep than by giving them a product pitch. Right? <laughs> right. Now, the beauty of our job is that we actually don't pitch our product that much. We mostly talk about system architecture. You know, it's an entirely new way of designing large-scale distributed applications, right? The next generation for the industrial internet. And uh, seeding that architectural thinking behind these systems is really what I love to do, whether I'm in R&D or marketing or sales, it doesn't matter. It's what I've been doing all this time and what I still do today and what I still enjoy doing. And you know, the nice thing is with the industrial internet, now it seems more relevant than ever. Well, you do it very well because, <laughs> as some people might know, we recently had a press release that went out and it talked about the fact that we had record growth and IIoT market traction this past year. So under your leadership, there was more than a 40% growth in sales, which is not too shabby. Right. <laughs> that yeah. must be pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's truly amazing. I mean, we, uh, we hit over 30% growth in 2015, then over 40% in 2016, and uh, looking back at uh, our first quarter this year, we again established, I think it was around 48% growth uh, relative to the first quarter last year. Uh, and we basically doubled the company in just over two years. Uh, last year, we were involved in 140 new system designs that are uh, now using RTI. And as I mentioned, we were over in over a thousand unique designs in uh, total, so we added you know, another 140 just last year. And we've really been become the, the recognized leader in, in autonomous cars, intelligent transportation, right? We talked yeah. about that already a little bit. Uh, what we didn't talk about is that RTI is also a key leader in the transition to green energy. Uh, so now we're actually in production programs in major hydro and wind generators. Uh, and uh, we talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, with RTI's help. Um, Tomorrow's medical devices uh, will work much better together and uh, improve uh, medical care. And last year has really been a turning point uh, for us. Uh, we, I can say we feel truly honored to be trusted by so many customers, by so many systems that we're designed into. And, uh, and really, it's our software that you know, makes those systems run. And, uh, and we're very happy you know, that we're helping to define a safer healthier, and uh, I would say generally happier future for everybody. That's what we all want. Just, just to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's a worthwhile goal. Sums it up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connext podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future interviews, please be sure to hit us up over on social media, and you can also reach out to us at podcast at rti.com. Thanks and have a great day.